0: Hey, everyone. I realized that I had this big content warning in our last episode, but due to some scheduling conflicts and sort of timeline stuff, uh, we've decided to actually push those episodes back farther. So it's just going to be the, well, I guess the natural order of our season two. So enjoy. Two walk out of the old quarter and through that purple shimmering veil, appearing in the central market of Raquel. A marble fountain featuring a familiar halfling with a metal arm, a gnoll with a faceplate and a blue glowing eye, and an unfamiliar gaunt-looking orc with a smile and a skull in his hand rest in the center. Neon lights embedded in the concrete pulse, pointing to the chrome shacks where mechanical merchants sell wares. When you look at yourselves, you realize you have the same modifications as those statues.
1: I, is this what Raquel used to look like? I thought your denizens were all human-ish. Uh,
2: no, this is very odd. It appears to be the Central Market, but... No one looked like this... At ever, here.
1: These metal beings, I've, I can't think... I don't think I've ever seen anything like this.
2: I mean... There are some similar similarities, I suppose, to golems, but not like this.
1: That's really strange. Do you, do you see those statues?
2: Huh. Yeah. That one looks kind of like you.
1: And the other one. And she like reaches up and like feels like her eye and feels the metal plate. He's like, how have we changed?
2: Hmm. The Cenotaph looks down at his arm. It appears that we have. How curious.
1: Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting another vision.
2: The Cenotaph, like, reaches to help steady you.
1: She, like, holds on to you. She's like, they're, they're sitting around the bar, and that, that frogman is talking. It seems like this secret guild thing is really happening.
2: Huh. The fraud man again. And the bar, of course. Where else would Teddy be?
1: <laughs> Naturally. But, uh, Teddy, when we were fighting Icarus, he got injured. And his wound, its it's, it's scarred, but it's white and pulsing with lines coming from it, like a map, almost.
2: Oh, that sounds like a worrisome curse.
1: Oh, I she's in in town with the poet, and she's saying that they're part of the dark? No, the Darkers. The The Darkers. The
2: Darkers. That must be what they're calling themselves.
1: Oh, I think they would've come up with a better name.
2: They may have been busy, who knows
1: she's she's talking very loudly she's, she's telling everybody that she's part of this that they're part of this
2: wasn't it supposed to be a secret
1: I believe that is what Baku said uh, this can't be good
2: I wonder if something's wrong with her
1: oh I see Fritnik now Fritnik is coming with more scrolls they're from people that need help
2: good old Fritnik he did seem a good sort
1: so it's their jobs. They, they've picked one. And? They're going to rescue children of the stars?
2: A worthy cause, I suppose. Whatever children of the stars are, assuming they're actually children.
1: I, I think that's all.
2: Well, aren't our friends leading interesting lives? Though I suppose so are we.
1: <laughs> she looks around the marketplace. You could say
2: that. I don't like the lights here. Let's move on.
1: Indeed.
0: Uh, so, yeah, the last time we left off, you guys were, had just decided your guild, uh, your next guild job, or your first guild job, for that matter, and you were looking to head out.
3: We are heading to the Galactic Marsh, aren't we? I think that's, yeah, that's what we said. Well, the, uh, the first
4: step the galactic is, children. yeah, Galactic Children, Galactic Marsh Children, yeah, the one that meet's not supposed to t- really talk about. I feel like he's probably got some kind of order that he's got to tell people something before we, we go find <laughs> the kids, but I don't want to get into that. We didn't interview <clears throat> the little man. We need to take the star highway. All right. Well, so before we do that, like we should probably couple of just point of order questions. Who like is the lit? Like, where do we get more information about the job? Who is like the listed contact? Like, who do I talk to to tell me what to do? <laughs>
0: Uh, so if you if you look kind of just below the um, kind of the header of your job, there is a just kind of a, a little blurb uh, beneath, and it says, you sent Millie to a little place just north of Luxumbra uh, with the event. She should be able to give you uh, give you some information as to you know what you what you would look for when you come our way." Uh, and then it's signed Solia. Okay, so Millie and Solia. Hmm. Yeah, Solia is the one who sent the letter. Uh, Millie is your contact, who is hanging out Luxumbra a little bit, just kind of north of the... a little north of your the north gate, I guess, of the city. So just outside.
4: So she is outside. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Real... Co- uh, all right, so I'm going to assume that you... Let's probably pick up right where we left off with, like, everybody sitting in the lounge area.
5: Mm-hmm. Works for me.
4: <clears throat> yep. All right, well, yeah, provided that Sir Meat does not speak to the children, I think that it's probably in our best interest to go do this first. That kind of seems important. <clears throat> Any objections to, to going to find kids? None at all. Overruled. All right. Um,
6: <clears throat> a rescue mission does seem to be in our best interest of getting our name out.
4: I don't necessarily know we want to get a name out thing. Salandra, you're on the council... This doesn't seem like a name-out kind of situation.
6: No. I don't think so. Seizel, like, raises both of his hands in, like, that dramatic, uh, outspoken, uh, kind of, like, direction. Darkers save missing kids.
5: Does sound quite, like, quite the, uh, headline.
4: We don't want that. Look, we're just gonna go do a thing, and, like, honestly, I just want to make sure that, you know we trim the fat out before we get into any of the real work looking pointedly over uh in a certain direction and make sure that everybody works good together as a team before we like you know have to fight another like dragon man thing and like teddy rubs his shoulder I I don't think I'm making much sense look best practices I I think we should probably leave tomorrow everybody just get whatever shit you need tonight you know get your items good get your, your packs ready and we'll set out first thing uh I would say morning, but when we wake up,
6: is, is is your shoulder all right?
3: Yeah, I'm fine. Also, if you think about it, it's kind of a conflict of interest if too many people find out that I'm a superhero and a council member. You know, that's kind of kind of
4: what
7: I'm saying. I have no qualms yeah. with people knowing that I'm a superhero and a very handsome fellow and just an overall perfect being.
4: You should tell people that,
6: often. I don't really care if the Darker's name gets put up, but I mean, my name will be off record for most things anyway, so...
3: Hmm. Okay. How about, uh... Well, we'll put it to a vote when we're done. That seems like the fair way to do it. Point of order. We're not putting it... what, What are we putting to a vote now? Whether or not we take credit for it, if we finish... I mean... We could get there, the kids could be dead, you know, and, um... We don't want to take credit for that, so...
4: Um, you know, maybe you and I should talk about this this later. Like, just you and you and me. You know, you know what I mean? Darkers
6: find children's corpses. Yeah. Seizel kind of just walks over to a corner and begins to brew himself a cup of coffee. Fantasy coffee, yeah.
5: Fantasy coffee. I mean, I'm alright with saving kids. It'll be a good story to tell once it goes public, once we are allowed to go public.
3: Yes, I'm quite
4: good at telling
7: stories.
4: Alright, this is going on quite long enough. Everybody get whatever you need, and we'll come back in the morning and, and get moving, alright? Fair enough. But looking expectantly at everybody else, or, I don't know, what else, what, what are the other options here? Is there any reason to wait until tomorrow? I don't know, I'd like to go, you know, talk to the person that gave us the job.
6: (laughs) If I understood your reading of the job correctly, I would believe that we have to leave the city firsthand to find this contact. Uh, It's not like... Okay,
4: alright. I'm clearly losing control of this situation. Everybody just get whatever you need and let's just leave. Better?
7: I'm already good to go, as me finishes, like, strapping on Milton's armor.
6: Seizel, so like, pats the su- his, like, side pouches and just, just gives a thumbs up.
4: The flustered Teddy just walks from behind the bar into the back room and up the stairs to gather whatever he needs.
0: <laughs> All right, so is that, uh, is that everybody ready? Everyone's good to go, then? Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. yep. All right.
0: Uh, so I guess, uh, on your way out, um, you guys exit north of, uh, Luxembourg and the north, uh, there are two kind of highways that lead north. Um, and each highway is sort of paralleled by what look kind of like train tracks. You guys have obviously kind of seen this before um, but there are there are four main um, kind of tramways that go out into each county. Um, but there is a main pass and uh, as you guys are kind of walking along for a little bit kind of trying to find your uh, I guess your your informant, roll a perception checkpoint everybody? Uh, yes, everybody.
7: Meep got a big old 12. Mm. 23.
6: That is a 13. 17.
5: I got a 22.
0: Cool. Immediately, uh, Cade and, um, and Teddy, you both notice that there is this, this little girl uh, she is, she doesn't look like she's any more than probably about 12 years old, and she's got a big sign on it, and a big ol' smile, and the the sign says, Mr. Teddy, and she's oh, just kind of waiting fuck.
4: there for you. Uh, uh <coughs> Teddy stops, <laughs> and literally, oh, fuck. Uh,
6: S- Sides will just, like, elbows him a little bit. I think that's us.
4: I think that's me. Why don't you guys just go on ahead and just keep on riding and if you turn around, I swear to god I will hit every one of you in the face with the biggest hammer I can find. How does that sound? <laughs> and he just ushers everybody away if he can.
7: <laughs> uh so Meep is sitting on top of this ten foot tall or five foot tall toad. So yeah, Meep's on Milton riding Milton around like a horse.
0: Oh god, yes. <laughs> right. And Celandra, uh as you're as you're sort of scanning the area there is a sort of kind of set of, of boulders uh, kind of in between both, both sort of highways, um, just a little off of the path. And as you were kind of looking around, you actually notice uh, a dread raven um, kind of fly in and land on top of one of these boulders and drop something behind it. And, like, the closer you look, you actually see two stark white ears poking up from behind it. I, hmm,
3: can I get down off my horse and kind of sneak over to the boulder? Mm Mm-hmm, yep. Okay, I do that trying, I'm not trying to hide it from the group, just kind of, like, get a drop on whoever this is.
4: Teddy's going to okay. seize the opportunity as soon as he sees that and like loud whisper to everybody else, look, she's doing something important. Why don't you go over there and, and <laughs> go deal with the thing he's got to deal with?
0: Okay.
6: So I was going to stay, stay on his horse and just keep a knife in his hand.
0: Sorry, how do you approach Sandra?
3: Approach uh, kind of hands raised a little bit, uh, making myself seen. Mm-hmm. Uh I saw your birds. I I know you're there. You can you can come out now.
0: So you uh you hear this sort of bit of a, a gruff a, a gruff voice, but uh oh um, I've they, have waited a long time. Um, and then this white knoll kind of pops out, and you're already used to. Uh, varus being relatively like probably about a foot taller than you um, this knoll is even taller than varus uh, standing at about eight feet tall uh, oh I oh I I did not expect water lady
3: um, the teddy's back there but uh, we're really the only two left um, are you
0: related to varus uh yes i I was I was waiting for, for Varus. Um, where, where is? She and I parted ways a
3: little while ago, maybe two weeks. Um, but she gave me, and I pulled out the feather, she gave me these to find her people, and I yeah you know, just kind of hold the feather out to him.
0: Oh, I... I uh, thank you, and uh, she says, um... My name, my name, Oro. Uh, I, I thank you. I thank you very much. I, I take back to my people now. Um, and she, she kind of scratches her head a little bit and says, "Oh, I have, I have thing for, for Varys, but maybe you use." And she pulls out this necklace uh, that is a brilliant green, um, and. You don't even really need a an Arcana check to to really notice that you can feel a lot of magical energy coming from it. Uh, not unlike the uh, the Moon Shard that you guys have uh, have already encountered, um, but it is a tiny like sliver of something. And she hands it over to you and says, "I I thank you. Um, I go I go get my people now." we go we go above and without really saying too much uh she starts to kind of gather up the the dread raven and, and get ready to go uh,
3: well thank you very much um it's very beautiful um okay um yeah i'll thank her um let part ways and kind of regroup up um put the necklace on and, and kind of you know peacock it a little bit as i get back <laughs> on the horse and
0: join the group Okay. Uh, all right. So yeah, she uh, she kind of disappears and with the with the dread raven on her on her shoulder, and before you know it, she is gone.
5: Lady Sylandra, is everything okay?
3: Oh uh, yes, everything is fine. Um, that was just an uh, admirer. She was giving me this beautiful piece of jewelry. You know, she's a big fan of me it's quite brilliant were they in range to hear that conversation
0: i don't know if they they were so close but they might have been like heard a couple words from it but i don't think uh i don't think too close yeah okay all right so teddy yep what do you uh what do you do
4: <clears throat> um, alright, so first things first Is as soon as, like, everybody else Turns around to go look at whatever is doing, um, I'm just Gonna, like, kind of dart over there And be like, um <clears throat> Alright, look, we can talk about whatever you want But can we just, like, not do it right here? Uh And, like, just move off in any direction
0: <laughs> Oh, okay Okay, yeah, sure uh, And yeah, she she goes with you, definitely
4: all right, are we, like, close enough that we can just, like, slip back inside the city walls so it's not, like, sketchy?
0: Yeah, I would say you guys probably didn't you didn't have to leave or go too far to, to kind of get into your, kind of see your people, so.
4: Yeah, so after going back into, you know, just an area that is full of people, a very public place, just to be clear, there's no meep happening.
6: Um... <laughs> because I like keeping my guildmaster in check, am I able to shadow him again? Yeah, if you want. Oh, absolutely.
0: You want to roll a want to roll a stealth on that?
4: Beat a nineteen.
6: <laughs> that is a twenty five stealth.
0: Yeah, all right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so you you're able to you're able to shadow them. God He's
4: damn like... it! Every time, nice. Yeah. All right. Um, with that not with that lack of knowledge, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna be like, all right. So um, <clears throat> once we get inside the walls. I'm going to like lean down to make sure that I'm on eye level and uh, all right, I'm I'm Mr. Teddy. I think I'm the guy on your sign.
0: Uh yeah, I mean that's uh that's what uh, Lady Solace said that you would look like. So I'm pretty sure that um that yeah, you're you're Mr. Teddy.
4: Lady Lady uh, what now?
0: Uh Lady Lady Solace? Oh, or, sorry. Oh, oh Lady Solace, my 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 dad. Um, oh, yeah.
4: oh, no, Teddy misremembers the name. Oh, thank God. And the obvious look of relief. Whew, I thought this was going to be just a way different conversation. Are you Millie?
0: I'm, I'm Millie, yeah.
4: Oh, all right, all right, all right. And with that knowledge, he will step back outside from the city walls towards the rest of the group. Whew. <laughs> oh, man. Millie, I'm sorry. Just, you know, the number and nights that you, you wake up the next morning, and you're not totally sure what happened. You never know. That's a bad sign to carry. Let's go talk to everybody. I think you. Yeah, let's go.
7: <clears throat> as Teddy reapproaches, Meep finishes finishes writing something in his book. Okay. Oh God, no.
6: I'd say at the point when he, he- when Sizel hears them that they're returning to the group, he just is like, "Well, nope, I'm good here," and just scampers on back. <clears throat> okay.
0: So yeah, so Millie kind of like kind of skips along. Uh, as. Th-
7: as the group is sort of just like standing there, uh, Meep is going to take out his didgeridoo and, and say, "Milton, I think we need traveling music." And he starts playing the didgeridoo and just and then so- Milton just quit.
4: <laughs> Can you describe Millie again for me?
0: Yeah, she's she's about twelve years old. She's a a young elf girl,
4: like regular elf drow. What are we talking here?
0: Uh, no she's a she's a wood elf and from from your knowledge you knew that the the wood elves just sort of started to congregate when they came down in uh in Cittis county and so you you can kind of put two and two together that you know it would make sense that uh if she was from that area then she would be a wood elf like it just kind of those. You just know that they kind of reside in those areas.
4: Gotcha. Word. Yeah. That's where they grow the pipeweed.
0: Yep, basically. Noise. And as uh, as she's kind of skipping along and making her way to the rest of the group, she actually trips over a, a bit of a rock and like kind of face plants. Uh, and she, uh, the necklace that she's wearing, kind of like bumps off of her head. Oh, I was gonna try to like- make a check to grab her before she falls. <laughs> It, uh, it it kind of like rolls kind of to Salandra's feet. I pick it up. Uh, okay, roll me a roll me an intelligence save.
2: Ooh. Save? Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Eight. Okay. As you take a look at this thing, you realize that the item that she had around her neck was an eye and creepy as you look into this eye your vision starts to fog over and everything around you starts to sort of disappear through the fog that starts to kind of cover kind of cover everything up and cover the ground you start to see a green sort of like a green film kind of underneath the fog Uh, And as you continue to keep looking at this fog, sprinkles or, like, twinkles of light, uh, almost like stars, very much like what you saw when you were uh, in the overworld, start to show up. They start kind of twinkling and twinkling and becoming more intense. Uh, And then you kind of divert your gaze away to kind of see if there's anything else that is even recognizable. And as you bring your head up, there is a almost what looks like a mountain in front of you. Uh, And silhouetted on top of this mountain are three uh, larger silhouettes uh, and then many more smaller silhouettes kind of on either side of them. Before you really have much time to kind of grasp what's going on, the silhouette in the center, in in the dead center, an eye opens up in front of it And a horizontal line of light sort of beams into your face. And that flash sort of wakes you up. And you are back, kind of staring back into this eye again. Hey everyone, welcome back to Chef's Night. It's our 15th episode, and we're really getting into the meat of this season, the children of the marsh. You might have noticed that we changed up our recap format, and there's a super good reason for it. One that I'm not going to tell you, because y'all are smart people. Uh, It also gives Kayla and Jesse a little bit of a chance to keep working with us and kind of having a bit of fun without really having to take a big chunk of time from their schedule. So we're really happy with how it's all turning out. We hope you guys are too. Uh, so back to business, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, first and foremost, Lippers Arcana, for all your Dice needs, offering monthly subscriptions and more, including a sweet option to help donate to school D&D clubs in Canada. You should definitely check them out. As is customary, we want to shout out to our cast because they're fucking great. To Jordan and Phil for coming to hang out with us, we love having you guys on the show. We're super glad you're here. Andrew from the Basement Guild, Steve from Class's Characters, and Justin from Mimics and Monstrosities. Those gents are amazing, they have streams and shows of their own, and we always provide the links in the show notes. Also, we can't forget, again, Jesse of DMs of Vancouver, and Kayla with DMs Test Kitchen, who have their recurring roles in our recaps. Remember to hit up our socials if you want to keep up to date with us. We're primarily active on Twitter, but we also love to interact on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, You can catch us at DM's Test Kitchen. We also have a website. You can request shoutouts or help us by clicking the donate button. All of that said, the best way to help us is by telling people about us. Uh, As everyone knows, word of mouth is the best way to do things. So tell your friends and your family if you think this is their jam. Lastly, if you have the time, please take a second to rate us on iTunes. It really helps us get seen over there. So our next episode is on the 18th of July. So stay tuned. We'll let you get back to the main course. Uh, and Millie is kind of scrambling around. She's where? Oh, no, I dropped. I dropped the event. I dropped the event. Where is where is it? is uh, right gonna be gonna be red I, I, I calm her down I have it right here oh oh thank you thank you so much uh, and she just kind of grabs it and, and puts it back around her neck uh, and she just kind of holds on to it really tight
4: uh, all right then everybody this is Millie she's gonna tell us what's going on in the marsh that was weird
3: um... what was uh,
4: uh, anyway Um Everyone, all right. So, so Millie, this is the uh, the team, as it were. Uh, Lady Saladra. we got Cade, we got Sizel, and we got um, yeah, that's it.
0: That's it. <laughs> uh, excuse me, you forgot, Sir Meepington. And Millie just kind of like gets a really big smile. She's like, "That's that's a really nice frog you got there on top of you, per, uh, uh, Sir." And she's talking directly to Milton. <clears throat> Uh, uh,
7: up here, right, that is Milton. You. I am Sir Meep. That is my friend and trustful companion, 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 Milton.
0: Oh, Mister Frog, your, your you little friend—he talks. Oh, uh, it's so sweet. Do you talk, Mister Frog? Uh, uh uh uh
7: uh uh. I really want to do something. <laughs>
6: Sazel like instinctively leans over a little bit beside Milton. Why, yes, good sir knight, your small compatriot does in fact speak. Did you know? I'm resisting
7: casting a spell. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay.
0: Oh, please uh, don't. So, so Millie says. Anyway, um, so Lady Salia uh, and uh, well, the other the other house mothers, uh, they. Uh, they sent me with this, and they she says pulls the eye out, and she says uh, they said they needed me to find you because well my brothers and sisters are going missing, and um, she kind of like stuffs the stuffs the eye back in into her shirt, and she says so they sent me on uh, the the Bahir tram um, all by myself because I'm a big girl and I can come here and. So now I'm here and I needed to find you. Uh, but yeah, they, my, my brothers and sisters, they've all been going missing and it's been really scary.
4: Alright, um, well we're going to take care of that, right everybody? And Teddy looks expectantly at the rest of them.
7: Yes. Yes!
5: Kid nods reassuringly.
6: Alright. Sizel just kind of just squats in front of Millie and is just like, don't you worry, we'll find the rest of your little kids. Somehow that
4: was just as creepy as Meeps. I, I don't want to get into that. All right, Millie, um, I have a couple questions. First of all, whose eye is that?
0: Oh, um. well, it's sometimes Mrs. Sawley's, it's sometimes Mrs. Jupiter's, and it's sometimes Mrs. Andromeda's. They have liked to fight over it. Oh, sometimes. we've
4: got some fucking fates on our hands. Um. <laughs> all right. Or Hags. Or hags or norns. All right. Um, well, did you say it was for
0: us? Oh, um, no. They uh, so they sent it with me because they wanted to make sure I was going to be safe. Because um, they can they can see through it when you know whenever they need to. And then she kind of like puts it around. She's like, just just wave and say hello. I'm sure they're seeing you right now. Okay.
7: I wave. Meep does, like, the, the queen's wave. They're, like, very regal wave. The twist. So
6: does a two-finger salute off, of, off the top of his mask.
7: Hello. Hello. Hello, I am Sir Meep, nice. and I can assure you that these children will be quite safe.
0: Why do you call it the event? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know why they... I don't know why they call this uh, side the event. I'm not really sure. I think it... I think it's maybe how how it works. I did think there's she, she kind of like puts it up to one eye and she says I think there's more to it than just being able to see through it. Do they live on a mountain? Oh, well, we did at one point. And now we kind of live in the marsh.
5: Hmm. How long have you been living in the marsh?
0: Um, well, it was just a couple of weeks uh, when when my brothers and sisters started going missing. Um, the the ladies they, they scooped up the rest of us that were left and uh, and moved us back down into their old home in the marsh.
5: So this has been happening even before you came back to the marsh.
0: Well, I mean, we we lived on the mountain, and then um, then. Well, I mean, we've been living on the mountain for a long time, but it's only recently that that people have been going missing or kids have been going missing. Uh, the ladies, the mothers, they um, they decided they needed to move us because they felt being down in the marsh was more uh, was safer. So, where do we go from here? Uh, and she kind of looks up in the in the air, kind of thinking, and kind of has a finger to a cheek, and she says, "Well, we could." Probably take the Bahir tram back over to Starlight. It's it's kind of the first. Uh, it's the first city or a little town just before the marsh. It only take about a day. It cut off a lot of travel. I'm then... done.
6: That does seem like the most efficient route.
0: Are you going to come with us, Millie? Uh, well, yeah, I got to go back home, and I got to return this. And she just kind of like. Pat's her chest where the the eye is. Sounds good to me. When
3: I take an hour, can I find out what that necklace does?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna... I would say that you would probably have time during travel to be able to kind of figure that out. Sweet. What do the rest of you guys do?
7: Like, during the tram travel? Or are we just going there now?
6: Sizel is all for getting himself to that tram and figuring out the next step in this glorious adventure.
5: Millie can lead the way, I guess. I, don't, I wouldn't know we're just... Millie, can mm-hmm. you take us back to the tram?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. It it's really just there's a there's a station in the in the city, kind of, uh, well, in the uh, in the northeast corner. It's, it's small enough because it's only really four four platforms. But yeah, I'll I'll show you the way. Sounds good. As the party is
6: like walking through the through the uh, through the city, Sizel kind of like lightly nudges like kate in the side and goes so millie's necklace you might say that there's more than meets the eye there
5: ha he cracks open his book and starts writing that down what do you mean
6: just such people needing such a simple trinket there must be more to it than what you would first appear like most people it's very easy to judge people simply by the way they look
3: Are you saying the little girl is not a little girl
6: I'm not saying what the little girl is, simply what she could be more than she lets on, or her compatriots could be more than they let on.
7: Of course, she could be a nasty turtle in disguise.
3: Well, she hasn't spoken of her diseases, so she's not one nasty turtle that I know.
6: Sizel looks genuinely confused when you actually say you know a nasty turtle.
7: Diseases.
3: Um, yes. I think... I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, That might be Tortle in common tongue, but um, yeah, I think he's still alive. He had this ship that would eat people and always talk about spreading diseases.
7: Oh, fantastic. You might have to tell me more about this and ship. It's very interesting. I'd like to write a story about it. I guess I'll spend time
3: talking and telling him about Rudder while we travel.
0: Okay, uh, so as you guys kind of come along to the, basically the tram station, you notice that the, the station is set up into uh, three main platforms, uh, the center platform being the widest of the three, and it is set up specifically to kind of make it easy for the trams to kind of come out and veer off onto the highway to go into each of their respective counties. So the middle platform uh, is actually services both sort of the tram to Cittis County as well as Stamen County. And really, there's only one or two destinations up to Stamen at this place. It hasn't been settled all that much, but the cities out there are sizable enough that they do require quick travel. And as you guys are kind of coming along... Uh, okay, so so Solandra, you notice almost immediately the... Uh, the typical robes of of a council member and the person that you kind of uh, this person kind of locks eyes uh, locks eyes with you and he kind of he kind of smiles and waves Uh, it is a relatively he's an older uh, an older human gentleman uh, about 50 years old and you know him as Tildan he kind of He's kind of like the lore keeper. He's the kind of person who understands culture of all of the races uh, in the Overworld and their traditions. Uh, and he looks to be heading out to um, on uh, out to Stamen Country um, or Stamen County. And he just kind of waves and smiles. He says, "Oh, oh, Celandra, I didn't, uh, I didn't know you were you were one to to use the tramps.
3: Uh, we're taking the bullet train to Starway." Uh sorry, I forgot the name Star. Uh to Starlight. Starlight. Starlight's the name. Yeah, that's the that's the city oh, okay. you've been dropping off
0: at. Yeah. Yes, we're taking uh, it to Starlight. Oh, uh, Oh, to Starlight. Uh that's uh it's quite a nice little place out there. Um right next to the uh to the Galactic Marsh it's it's stunning at nighttime. Uh seeing uh seeing all of the uh the jewels that kind of stick out from the mountain glittering off of the water. It's it's so I I didn't expect that you would be heading out there. Um, myself and uh, and my husband, we're we're actually headed to our uh our, to our cottage out at the uh at the screaming fields. Um supposedly something happened out there. One of the couple of the trees sort of went rogue and now they're creating this massive canopy over the, all of the farms. Supposedly, it takes about half a day to walk around the base of this tree that's out there, but we wanted to go and check it out ourselves, so...
3: Interesting, you're saying trees, eh? Now, do these trees, um... Do they hurt people, or are they just growing? I like is anybody... Is there, like, a need for concern if we're going to the wrong
0: place? Oh, no, I... These... The only, uh... The only things these trees really do is uh, is irritate you a little bit when they when they're cut down. Um, most of the farmers have to wear earplugs because uh, sort of their defense mechanism, I guess, when you cut them down is that they let off this terribly annoying shrill scream. It's quite terrifying. But we're uh, we're just going out to to kind of take a look at what's been happening uh, with this sort of immense growth. It's It only started about three or four days ago, and it seems as one or two trees have kind of grown together into a single mass and then expanded, sort of eating up all of the other trees in the area. Uh, It is apparently quite the sight to behold.
3: Well, uh, we will check that out when we are there. Uh, It's not exactly why we're growing, but definitely it seems interesting enough to check out. Where is your um, is your cottage right on the marsh or?
0: Oh no no no! Our cottage is is north in the in the screaming fields. That's what that's where we're headed. Okay. Uh, and as you as you guys are kind of having this conversation, a a little kobold like slides open the door to uh, one of the the comment uh, sorry one of the uh, tram carts and pokes his head out and says, uh, 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 Till then. Honey, we we gotta go. You, you always keep holding us up. Come on, let's let's go. And he's like, oh right, sorry. I I gotta I gotta go. And hey, he kind of like yes, skitters ahead. off. <laughs> bye bye. And wave to them. And he, he kind of waves back, and his uh his husband, the little kobold, like kind of gives you this weird look through the thing and then like closes the door and like close, like pokes his head back through the door and closes the window.
3: While, he, while he's doing that, I give him like the two fingers in the eye look, you know, like I'm, I'm watching you kind of thing <laughs> and I'll join up with the rest of the group.
0: All right. Uh, so yeah, as you guys kind of pull up to this, uh, this Bahir tram, it is, it's about four cart, uh, cars long. Um, there's definitely space for, uh, for Milton uh, in the, in the last car, uh, to be able to bring along uh, your faithful steed, and the other three cars are are relatively sizable. Uh, there are a couple of rooms in each car, an area to kind of have your dinner, and then in the very front uh, is where the kind of where the conductor sits, and it looks as though the conductor really only has the job of sort of caring for the behirs who. Who power that the so yeah they, they kind of sit at the front they they feed the the behirs and kind of take care of them and as you kind of look around the front you see this sort of snake like I guess snake like monster almost and they've got multiple legs almost like a a snake centipede kind of thing and they crackle with with energy in front of them is a sort of a mechanism that is meant to feed these things. And the, uh, the conductor kind of pulls a lever and it drops, uh, drops some food onto this plate. And as the Bahir goes to eat it, it sort of like opens his mouth and, it's, and it kind of like spits a little bit of saliva on it. And you can see kind of from inside his mouth the crackling energy that goes, kind of courses through this saliva. Uh, and as it touches that plate that the food is on, you see a snap of energy and the engine that is kind of below the compartment starts to kind of light up a bit. Uh, So these bahiars are are there to help power the engines and the batteries that kind of keep these trams going. But they're kind of there in luxury, um, also riding on these trams. Interesting, interesting. And
3: we get all four cabins. Uh,
0: yeah, you guys get all four cabins. It seems that nobody else is uh, is looking to travel, and you also have the brooch of the council on, so you could probably ask people to not go on if that was a thing. So,
3: absolutely, and I take one coach for myself. All right, which one do you take? And, and I take the frontmost one, and I give the next most one to Milton to have to himself. Uh, Meep would stay with Milton. Then you get the back one. And the two in the middle can feed for the group. That's her speaking, not me. I don't mind what y'all do. But she is
6: selective. Sizel like, immediately, once he is going to find a room to to himself, stow his mask into, like, one of his pockets, quickly, like, toss on some actual, like, random person clothings, and then is just going to walk the duration of the train, just taking in everything, doing a complete 180 of his actual design since no one's seen his face.
5: Interesting. Okay. Come on, Millie, where do you want to sit? Um... I, of course,
3: let Millie into the sense, too.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I want to... I think I want to go and see if I can pet that, that, like, crackly lizard thing up front. It looks really cool. You're not afraid of it. Oh, I mean... If you've seen how ugly the mothers are, I think you'd be. I think anything would be okay. And she just kind of like snickers to herself.
6: Immediately hearing that, Sizel is just gonna be all like, "Oh, I'm shadowing the kid now."
0: Um, if can we even get to the behirs in the front? Uh, yeah. So the there's a little door um, that kind of come, goes into their into their kind of living and resting area. It's not it's not like super big, but it's comfortable enough for them and the The conductor is very, uh, very open about you know if he says they're they're tame, uh, if you want to go in and and pet them, you know you can you can do that.
3: Yeah, I'll take Millie to go see them.
0: Okay, uh, and so she said, oh, oh, this is really exciting, and and as she's kind of like going in, she kind of like is bouncing around a bit, and the conductor's like, oh, you d- don't don't just just come, you can't bounce around too too much. You don't want to startle them. They're good, but just don't startle them and. So she goes, oh, okay. And as she goes to, like, pet the, the Bahir, um, her hair just, like, stands up on end, um, like static charge. She's like, this is really cool. Also, it's really tickly, and I don't know what to do.
3: So she's, like, touching one of those, like, electric balls? Yeah, basically.
0: Do I, uh,
3: I'm gonna roll, can I roll perception to see if, I don't know, I feel like the hair in the back of my neck is standing up and somebody's watching me?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty oh. sure
3: Mr. Seidel's got a better stuff than 14.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that said, uh, one thing that you do notice is that um, the the necklace has kind of like fallen out from inside her shirt and is kind of on the outside now. And there's a bit of like the iris is glowing on it, and you didn't you hadn't noticed that before when it was kind of in your face. So your your feeling of being watched is coming from somewhere else.
3: Hmm. Millie, um, when I picked up that necklace, I was given a vision of something. Maybe you could clarify for me?
0: Uh, I can try.
3: I saw a mountain with three people behind it. And behind them were, well, not three people, but uh, figures or silhouettes. And behind them were smaller ones, and then the middle one opened its eye. Does that make sense to you at all?
0: And she kind of scratches her head a little bit, and she says, "Well, I know that the bad mums live on the mountain right now, so..." And and Millie kind of gets a little quiet, and she says, "That's the reason why we live in the marsh now, is because the bad mums took." And she starts to like, starts to kind of like tear up a little bit, and the bad mums took my brothers and sisters and. And we, we had to move out, and now they live up there.
3: So as uh, Solandra pieces together, oh, missing children, bad mums. All right, um, I, yeah, just comfort her and make sure, like, you know, obviously this kid is feeling like shit. So I'll do whatever I can to make her feel better.
0: And yeah, she just kind of like, she just kind of goes to goes to sit down, and, and she's probably just like. Rests her, kind of rests her head on you, and and like, concept. You know, it's been it's been a bit of a a day, a lot of travel, and she's kind of like done.
3: All right, I'll find a bed and just like tuck her in.
0: Okay. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty easy to find a, a place to kind of put her down. So, do you guys have anything else that you want that you guys want to do while you're on the uh, on the trip? The trip is going only going to take about eight hours or so. Um, it's going to cut your if you were to go by foot, it would be about two days. So it'll it'll cut it by about a third. Uh, <clears throat> Meep is probably going to
7: keep reading his book.
6: Sizel so kind of wants to, to 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 after kind of coming after he sees uh, Solandra and Millie leave. Kind of he's going to come out, just observe the front, see see the behirs, take take in the actual like atmosphere of these surprising electrical creatures, just bewildered by their by their sheer existence because he's never seen things like this before.
5: And Cade's probably just in the probably the third car um sketching all day uh probably from memory the white knoll from earlier.
0: Okay, cool.
3: And I will go hydrate Milton, the poor poor frog.
0: Milton doesn't need to be
3: hydrated, Meep needs to be hydrated.
7: I know that. Fantastic. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Actually, I didn't but Uh, I thought it was the other way around. I thought your frog needed water every day. So, for clarity, we are the only ones on this train. Besides Millie and the conductor. Yep. Yep. Okay.
3: What's Teddy doing? What is Teddy doing? Dealing
6: with Uber Eats.
3: (gasps) Well, Teddy is drinking himself to
6: sleep in one of the car trains. The trains for eight hours? That sounds exactly like a Teddy thing to do. He's playing his harmonica with a half-finished
3: bottle of whiskey and anytime someone comes in the room he quickly and obviously puts whatever he's doing into one of his pockets of his coat and pretends like he wasn't doing it
4: how about how far out are we from where? where's where the behir's taking us we got eight hours uh, they're taking us to starlight starlight bodacious mm-hmm. okay alright alright I'm with it I'm hip to it. I'm so, I, I, I yeah. it did you catch that Super Mario joke I did I didn't even get like a <laughs> I'm still trying <laughs> no. to get like reacclimated to just like <laughs> being here. Alright, alright. So are we all convened in the tram car? What dining car, yeah, lounge uh, car, whatever car know. is the bar.
0: The bar car. The bar car. We're in the
4: bar car. <laughs> yeah. Family meeting. Family meeting. Um, alright. So A little soon
6: to call us a family, but sure.
4: Shifty eye. Cilandra, did you uh, get any more information out of Millie about what we're getting ourselves into here?
3: Well, I believe there's at least three people responsible for what's going on with these kids. And from what I can tell, they kicked the residents of the mountain out of their current home. And now they live in the marsh. And all the kids are gone. And Millie, I believe her story means that she is one of the last children who wasn't taken by the people. The bad mums, as she calls them.
7: This they sounds like the work of gargoyles. The gargoyles. Uh, I never uh, heard of a gargoyle. I don't
6: I believe know. gargoyles kidnap kids as stories go.
3: They could, uh, well.
4: Kate um, you're writing in a book all the time. Do gargoyles attack
5: stuff? You look like you got book smarts. Uh, I'm guessing that's a role of kind. Or would that be Common knowledge. I don't know.
6: You got a book. Um,
0: Your
5: intelligence. I. You
4: imagine. know what?
0: You are. You are a traveling bard. I will allow you to roll a history check on that.
4: See, yeah, that's. I was assuming like bardic lore. Like a three-five bard can just make a check for anything they want to. They just go bardic knowledge roll.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he is also a lore bard, so that, a I will. A bard history
4: roll. or something.
5: Yeah. I got a twenty-one.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. So, what what exactly was the question again?
5: I think it was more of, the original question was, uh, would gargoyles steal children? But I think it's more, uh, I would like the question to be more like, what, yeah, what is it that we, we're dealing with here?
4: That's exactly what I want the question to be.
0: What is it that we're dealing with? Okay. Um, yeah, so you would, Cade, you could put together the fact that Millie has an eye around her neck, uh, around her neck, and she is referring to her three good mothers uh, as... Uh, You can put that together as you're probably dealing with a coven of hags.